The evolution has begun, folks, and we're here to talk all about it tonight, no matter if you like it or not. We all stand Eva Marie, and that's just it. And we can almost even end the show on that note, because that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> but nonetheless, we do got a whole hour of show to talk tonight. So anyway, let's get into tonight's episode of the Big Go Belt Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Big Go Belt Podcast. I am very thankful that Damien is here because he is a hater, but we <laughs> are lovers of Ema Marie here, all four of us. So hopefully Damien doesn't join, which I think he is going to be joining tonight. But uh, it's two chains here alongside of the team, minus Damien, Will, Marcellus, and Jamal. Fellas, how you doing tonight? Okay, pretty good. Good, good. Finally good to be back after my little hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> An exciting week of returns in all kinds of shapes and sizes and forms. And wrestling might be saved, folks. It might be saved. We're going to get into that tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, like, all jokes aside, Eva Marie uh, finally made her debut on Raw. And before she can even step foot inside of the Thunderdome, she was sparking up more heat than we've seen in a long time from any wrestler. And, like... As much as we're being like comical about it, but I do really like Eva Marie. We're going to talk about this return and what does it mean, and possibly the implications of this. And then, uh, obviously, she debuted alongside a Piper, who people also had some things to say too that definitely was not justified in this. So there was a bunch of just really bad takes that came out of what I felt was a good week of Raw. It featured a lot of women's wrestling. Um, I felt like they were very efficient in the debut. And, um, and and beyond that, in, in regards to WWE, even with NXT, we th- there was a rumor that Samoa Joe may have been returning to NXT, and he did. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well, too. But I, I, I want to throw it to Will first because I saw your tweet floating around the interwebs uh, with, with people thinking that you had a really interesting take on the debut. And I think that, I, like, not to take nothing away from you, I think what you said was genuine. I don't think it was genius, but I think people were just so oblivious to what was in front of them that people mm-hmm. were just so torn that they saw something different from hate, uh-huh. which was which was kind of like back to our last week episode where everybody's mad when it's not what they wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> so like, take 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 us to that tweet, or like if if you don't remember exactly what you said, just what's your really your your thoughts about. Uh, the the E. Marie return and save to pro wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah. We we can get into the overall what went down last Monday and people's reactions and my thoughts on it and all that good stuff. So 
I guess the first bit of, you know, drama, before, as you were saying, the weeks leading up to this have been, people have already made up their mind. That, that's <laughs> the, that is the big thing that hit me before we even got to last Monday, is people already had their mind made up. That they weren't going to give her a chance, that it doesn't matter what they do, it's going to be bad. It's yep. not going to be okay. And then lo and behold, Monday afternoon came, and who did they decide to put across the ring from Eve Marie? They threw Naomi in there, which I thought was an incredibly calculated move on WWE's part. They knew what they were doing. They yeah. knew what they were doing. They were going for heat, and they're like, hey, we, Eve Marie's already got heat. Let's turn that propane up all the damn way. <laughs> we know what we're doing here. We know what we're pushing some people's buttons. So that took it even further to where people weren't happy with things already before the segment even came. So yeah. I think that colored a lot of people's opinions before we even got to the ring. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Monday Night Raw comes, the big moment arrives, Piper Niven shows up with her, comes out there, takes her place in the match, takes on Naomi for a couple minutes, beats her one, two, three, and then right afterwards, immediately, we're told the winner's Eva Marie. She takes the mic, says she's the winner, puts herself in the spotlight. Piper's name is never mentioned by the announcers or anything. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No one, no, no one knows who she is or anything. And of course, people weren't happy about that. So you had the perfect storm of people are mad about Piper. People are mad about Naomi. People are mad about Eve Marie. People are mad about everything in the whole darn segment. <laughs> I, I think there was some really smart moves played in there. And I think it was... What I like is, like I said, they were obviously going for heat. It's her first time showing up against. They're going for heat, so God damn it, they went for heat. They wanted to catch people's attention, and hey, like I said last week, I was like, you can't say she's a bad heel when people are talking about her before the match even happens, before the show's even on. People are talking about her nonstop, so she's getting attention. So yeah. don't give me this, she doesn't know what she's doing, she's horrible. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She knows how to get attention in plenty of different ways. So there's that right there. There's heels out there that would die. Hell, heels and baby faces, wrestlers, period, that would die for that kind of attention where they don't have to just, just open their mouth or just post a picture and it's the end of the world. That's the kind yeah. of power she has. It's wild. Yeah. yeah, I'm about to say the only time we've ever seen anything close to this was when uh, Roman Reigns uh, beat the Undertaker, and mm -hmm. he came out there, and he's just like, it's my yard now. But, like, right. even that was short-lived. Even Marie has been gone from wrestling for X amount of many years, and people still don't want her. And, like, they're equating people, jobs being terminated to mm -hmm. her arriving, which is just kind of blasphemy to me. And then the other thing that was kind of disturbing to me is that, like, everybody swear to such, like, forgiving, empathetic people, and it's just like, I see people saying, like, we don't want her near the wrestling ring. And it's just like, regardless of what you thought about, you know, what she did before, you know, being suspended or not being a good wrestler, mm -hmm. she can't get she can't get better. Uh, she, she can't no improve. way she can improve. None. In <laughs> people's minds. It's so, wild. So she's just been sitting, sitting on her ass for all this time. And all of a sudden, like, Vince did her a solid. It was like. I guess I'll give her another chance. Like, you know, of course you got to throw Vince in there because Vince is always the blame for everything. But it's just like, so, you know, she's just not got better and you're not even going to give her a chance. You hate her before you even seen her. Have you even seen her? Have you even been keeping a, a, 
eye out for what she's been doing. She's in way better shape than she was before. She's her sobriety is good. So again, those are two major steps about you know the issues that she had before, and and then obviously she's been making a bigger name for herself in in all of, of entertainment. So that's another thing. She raised her brand to the next level. So the wrestling aspect, would you let her back in the ring if you're not sure about her wrestling? Do y'all think that she went to WWE headquarters and she went straight to Raw? She didn't go to the Performance Center? You don't think Natty, <laughs> Natty or TJ got a chance to, 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 to see what she's doing now? Like, let's, let's, let's think about this now. And then ultimately, I really like what they're doing with the gimmick because, like, if she's saying evolution, which is pretty close to evolution, I think... And like I could be wrong, but I think she could be doing a wave of introducing new talent over the next few weeks as far as bringing the next wave of women's wrestling to the main roster. Don't identify them, but just bring them in beside her. And you'd be like, oh, wait, who's that? Who's that now? I mean, yeah, of course we all know who these people are. But like this could be an easy segue to get people introduced to her instantly or introduced Mm -hmm with her instantly on the main roster. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure who else could be. I mean, obviously there's tons of people that's, that's in this purgatory area of if they're coming to the main roster or not, but like aligning them inside of her could actually be work. And as much as this, like people made a slant slanders towards Piper, like she's instantly a baby face next to the biggest hill. And all she did was right. come out with her. <laughs> it right. works. Right. To speak to the Piper thing real quick, and then I'm going to get out of the way. So the other guys can get in here. I thought it was perfect because, of course, Eve Marie wouldn't give a damn about putting over whoever's helping her because it's all about Eva Marie. It's all about her. It's this is just a hired gun. So you bring out Piper. You have her as like the overbearing, so wanting to help her out BFF that thinks, you know, hey, this is the popular, cool, pretty girl that is going to like me now because I'm helping her out. And hell, they already had Eva acting annoyed by her as soon as the, you know, the, the win happened, she's already kind of like, okay, you know, chill out, chill out. You know, <laughs> they're already going there. So you bring up Piper and it creep from the jump. It creates a roadmap for her to become an eventual baby face. You ride this for months and then eventually she gets sick of it. And then you have her stand up to Eve Marie. And like, if you want to bring other people into the mix, you can, but the whole idea, like they didn't even give her a name. It's like, it fits the segment. <laughs> Eve Marie wouldn't. It was all about Eve Marie. Eve Marie ain't gonna introduce her friend. Well, the yeah. announcers should have done it. It's like those announcers probably never even seen NXT UK. It is what it is. It is what it is. Unfortunately, there, there. That was a segment aimed at the mainstream Raw audience, and the yeah. focus of that segment was Eve Marie, not Piper, not Naomi. It was Eve Marie. It is what it is. I want to see where they go with it next week. I'm out of the way. Let's hear what else you, the folks you, out you say. You were really generous by saying that the the uh, the commentary people probably don't watch NST UK. A lot of the fans don't, and they're sitting there coming to the rescue. Like, how could they do that to Piper? Yeah. Hello, have y'all been watching NST UK to even be vouching for her like that? Like, I don't see a lot of people raving in the middle of Thursday talk about NST UK. So pretty uh pr- pretty pretty on par with wrestling Twitter to be acting uh, of such. But I will say this and give it to Jamal that. Um, Piper, whether you've known her from NST UK or before this, Jamal was definitely hit me a long time ago. Uh, so co- considering that she's about a 15, 16 year veteran, uh, this is exactly how you want your veterans to be uh, put on the main roster. No baby in the men, 
put them right in the mix because she can go with anybody in that ring on that roster. Period. And uh, I'm 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 already loving what they're going what the, the the possibilities of what what can come with her. Uh, but yeah, fellas. So go ahead, Jamal. So I would just say this, and I'm gonna be real quick because you guys said on a lot of my parts. I'm gonna give shout outs to actually WWE production with this, and the reason why I want to give production to this opening is we had the first time in a long time a vignette that matched the storyline opening where you could project the storyline going with Eva Marie. So think about her vignettes, about putting her up as somebody that's making people great, pushing people over, like somebody that's a great motivator to do what she needs to do. And now you book her with a Piper. Hero. Yes, with Piper. And now, and I like where you're going to, change Other people that you can bring in, possibly from NXT as a call-up, because we had a lot of releases, possibly from NXT UK that could be called up to guide to a stable that Eva Marie gets credit for. So if anybody wins a championship in this stable, it's Eva Marie's title. Mm -hmm. If anybody (laughs) wins like tag team titles, they're Eva Marie titles. And what you're kind of setting up is a female version of a female who's ahead of the table that's opposite of Roman Reigns and what he's doing at SmackDown. You could do that for Eva Marie on Raw. And I think this opening that looks like from this vignette to how they're putting it in the ring is the best thing since they opened with Fandango, even though they dropped the ball with Fandango after he did his WrestleMania moment. But the way he opened up saying, I can't come out because you're not saying my name right, is the perfect <laughs> segue of what they're doing with Eva Marie. And I think if they book this thing appropriately, they could ride this thing out where she could be the biggest heel, not just woman heel. She could be the biggest heel like Roman is right now in wrestling. That's a, I mean, a good question is, is she not already a bigger heel than Roman? It's hard to say without fan reaction, even though you got Twitter reaction, nothing's going to be the impact of what you see when she actually gets in front of live fans, similar mm-hmm. to what you got already when Roman had the live fan experience at WrestleMania. And it's very soon, right around the corner. But go ahead, Jamal. I, I, to piggyback a little bit of Marcellus off of what you were saying, I think that Eva Marie is basically doing uh, Matt Hardy's bit in WWE. She is mm. building herself as the centerpiece, and Matt Hardy is this narcissistic, shyster, uh, you know, Carney type of a guy, uh, even Maria is taking that position and being a little bit more in the superficial narcissistic kind of a way. It's not necessarily about making money. I don't need to make money because you're going to give me everything because I deserve it because it's just me. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's her character. And I, and I, I 100% agree with that, but here's the thing. She hasn't done anything. And the reaction is such that I tuned into raw. <laughs> not, not because the unheard of yeah like it, it's it's because when I saw on the interwebs that Eva Marie was going to make her debut on Raw I had a lot of questions and then you know what I had to stop myself because I was actively thinking about Raw as a television <laughs> show <laughs> I had to look back and say self what the hell are you doing you're actually creatively thinking about Raw you haven't done that in years. Nobody's done that in years. And here we are because of Eva Marie. And she hasn't done anything yet. So when the person that looks oddly like Piper Niver, Niven or Viper, as she was earlier known in WWE, steps into the ring, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm willing to go with it. And that's more than I've said about anything in Raw in the past three years. I'm willing to go with it, but the problem is, is that they've done this thing before. This odd couple 
goofy mm-hmm. booking. I'm obviously using you to get what I want. And somehow we either become genuine friends or uh, I hate you and become a bigger heel and a bigger baby face, which sets up the match. Um, they recently did it with um, Sonya and Mandy. They recently did it uh, with, uh, remember Mickey James when she first got in the WWE, um, AJ Lee when she first got in the WWE, uh, Candy Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's old hat. It's a so I really, it's... I really hope that they take that that out a couple parent and not go down their road that they've read that they've tread so heavily before in the recent memory. I really hope they don't do that. But what I really hope they do is just let Eva Marie be who she is. If you go to an Eva Marie match and wonder what the referee had for dinner. Then what match are you watching? I mean, I understand the Piper's there. And unless you're like a massive Piper fan, then you're probably going, I don't really care about her. I'm here for the Eva Marie match. So anything other than Eva Marie being awesome is icing on the cake. Good on Piper for being on national television, uh, you know, doing what she does and, and looking good doing it. I mean, like, we know that she can go. We know that she was in the Mae Young Classic. We know that she's done the work that she's done, you know, in the NDC in the UK, in the NDC in the US. Uh, she's obviously no slouch. It will be interesting to see if they give her a mic. Because mm. if you've never heard her talk before, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, as an American, uh-oh. So it will be interesting to see how well that goes over because Nikki Cross, I can't understand a damn thing she's saying. Piper's also Scottish. Uh oh. So I think it, it will be interesting to see how that goes. I really hope they don't turn this into some goofy ass buddy cop comedy. And I really hope they don't go down the um the road that they've already gone down before so many times. But there's so many other dynamics, considering that Piper has a pretty damn thick accent, at least to me she does. Um, how well would that translate in the ring? And you have such a stark contrast in personalities. Piper is this lovable oversized goof, a gentle giant, possibly. And Eve Marie is, you know, culturally perfect as far as what, you know, beauty standards look like in the U.S. And people hate her. <laughs> now, here's the question. People, do you really hate Eve Marie? Or do you hate yourself because you're not Eve Marie? Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. The latter. Hey, by, by the way, nah, don't, uh-uh, no. Don't ruin this right nope, now for nope, us. Do not no. ruin this. Here you go, here you go. No, no, neg- see, negativity no, coming. This is, this, yeah. is, this is what I'm saying. Maybe, and I'm going to end up with this, maybe, just maybe, Triple H is right. Maybe we don't need another woman's pay-per-view. Not because, hey, haven't we done all those? Maybe because the only woman you need to see is on Monday Night Raw, and her name is Eva Marie. Mm. Now, Damien just had a stroke on, on, on my camera. <laughs> just about. I, might have, I might have to send a wellness check to him, so we might have to count the county cops. But I, I really do think that Eva, in the same way that Enzo Amore did for, for the Cruiserweight division, mm. I'm not saying that he's the best Cruiserweight, but nobody ever in their right mind thought that he was shine on 205 Live compared to the, oh. the stylings of those guys, and he—let's well, just call it what it is—he carried the division. 
Yeah, I'm not, there's no rebuttal to this. <laughs> no rebuttal could to this he, he, no, like, like, real talk, could Eva Marie be the Enzo Amore of the women's division? Or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. wrong. I, I really, I really want to leave it on that note. I, I want to move to Samoa Joe because that's the question yeah. that we need to be putting into perspective for weeks to come. Will she be the catalyst to really bring it back, not just to the women's division, but to Raw? Who everybody's right. no, because, because, because SmackDown has their own thing. They're, they're doing their own thing. I'm not not even talking about that. They, and they're, and they're, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah. on Raw, which nobody seems to talk about outside of like maybe Lashley. Maybe McIntyre. I may hear a thing about him, but people seem to be talking about even Marie. So, yeah. I'm I'm just saying, she may actually be the face that runs the place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. so 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 that man, you're killing it, man. You maybe we should leave and let Jamal just solo it for the night. Jeez, <laughs> man, God. But let, let's let's go. Let's let's switch to Samoa Joe real quick. Now, Samoa Joe, who was recently released from WWE and, uh, you know, we, we talked about how people were handling their releases and how Twitter says you should handle your releases. You you need to burn that bridge. And once it's burned, take the ashes and throw it in the water and then scoop them up and throw it back in the air and do all sorts of just silliness. But Samoa Joe is one of those ones that went kind of quiet with it. And what do you know? He was rumored to have been back at the Performance Center or at WWE headquarters for a meeting. And that's you know he's back on NXT. Uh, we saw at the conclusion of Takeover, when Regal shed some tears and it was like something was going to happen, where we were all wishing that he did not go. He's been one of the better parts of uh, NXT in regards to him being the general manager and his just his presence and 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 obviously his identity being on that brand. <laughs> Uh, but it looks like things were getting a little bit too heavy for him, and he needed to bring in some muscle. And he brought in the muscle buster, Samoa wait, Joe. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Jamal. It was a pun. Oh, um, <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> Two points. But um, yeah, he's back. He's the enforcer. He's back employed. He's back in NXT. There's a lot to really make it is. And like, I, I heard the rumors of him coming back. I didn't really make any of it, but. I think the biggest thing to really look, and that's the results, is that he is back in NXT, and he's not saying that he won't wrestle. He's not saying he's just only in a, a GM capacity. Uh, he seems to just, again, be the enforcer for right now. So I guess the question is, and we'll start with Damien, is this, what's your reactions to this, and where do we see this going? Where, what's, what's next with Samoa Joe, now back employed with WWE, under the NXT brand, away from Raw and SmackDown. Well, when he was brought in, brought in in the first place, he was brought into NXT kind of as that experimental, you know, because originally he got signed strictly to an NXT deal. It just so happened that he wound up getting a full-fledged WWE deal in the process. Uh, he's going back to his roots. I think the easiest way to describe his current role is the new age Sheriff Austin that we had when Austin was the GM mm. of Raw. A couple years ago on the ATV, cause some hell, go backstage. Just so we could see what Samoa Joe is going to do next. And we got a good dose of that yesterday or Tuesday where he choked out Adam Cole in one of the first three segments. You know, he went toe-to-toe with Cross, called him young champion and punked him to get out of the ring. 
And then he got a taste of how the women's division is just bonkers and just kind of stood by and watched it because he couldn't do anything. So remember, this is the perfect role for Joe, considering he might be a concussion risk to himself. He obviously was not cleared by doctors or else he would still have a full-fledged wrestling contract. Do we do we know that? Do we know that? That's a that I mean, because I, I I don't really know too much about his contracts, but like if his contract was just set to expire or if it had verbiage or some type of, you know, constraints or written terms in it that he wasn't at, at you know at, at, at peace with, then yeah. it's term you have to terminate the contract before you can do it. I mean, again, I said that like a couple of weeks ago, we don't know WWE to be ones to restructure contracts. You either okay, get a stitches. So allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. We'll but, I, allegedly. but but again, you, you let, let, let's, let's kind of let's kind of take it for what it's worth. If you have a concussion, you aren't to have contact. That's right. what your doctor right. says. That's mm-hmm. that's the liability mm-hmm. of it. The fact that he did what he did to Adam Cole is contact. So there, there was physicality. Yes. So you have and to. They, they made him, it, and they made it clear there can it's, be physicality in the future. They said he had to be provoked. It's not like they said you can't touch anyone as an yeah. executive. Period. So they yeah. made it clear he is going to do stuff. It's just mm-hmm. not going to be unless something happens first, which is obviously and, super foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of absolutely. Like immediately. But it goes to show. It goes to show what we talked about, you know, in our group chat, where this is the perfect role for Joe to excel at and still cash them checks. Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing the, the the announcing. He was doing play-by-play, doing color. And now he goes back to NXT where he first joined the WWE system to serve as an on-camera presence. So you know what? If they came to me, if I was Joe and they came to me and said, listen, we're not going to use you as a wrestler, but you're going to be using other facets and still get them checks at his age with all the mileage on his body, who says no? Absolutely. Well, well, and also too, I mean, here's the thing: he was the biggest, he's the hottest commodity of the first wave of free agents. Obviously, Impact would love to have them. I'm pretty sure that they're reallocating their funds now. Now that their offer is clearly been rejected, I, 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 all I can do is kind of speak about what I see in front of me. If he's doing anything physical with Adam Cole, he's clear. That's how I'm gonna look mm-hmm. at this. If he's in NXT, he signed another WWE deal. But he makes sure, especially with his tenure in, in the wrestling world, working at every major promotion, he knows exactly what he wants this time. Uh, he yeah, had, that, that's, that was going to be my point. He, he, he has a lot of like, okay, fine. I'll go to Impact or AEW. I mean, I can go anywhere at this point, but I'd rather stay here. Whether his family's there and whether he's already very comfortable there, but maybe he's like, all right, I don't want to be in this whole shuffling of commentary and or you're not going to use me in weekly programming how about nxt i want to work there and then it's it's a no-brainer you go back to your roots as we see it but it's actually what he actually wanted it's a smaller program for him to work probably a smaller demand of him and traveling and whatnot and 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 then again he's going to get back in the ring at some capacity he doesn't have to wrestle every week there and and or, you know, do some GM and stuff or enforce the stuff, do one match at TakeOver or whatnot. So it's a lighter workload for him, but he's still able to be really efficient and active because, again, under no, under no circumstance did he ever say he was retiring. Did he give any indication that he was ready to be done? Because he wasn't. He'll be a slam anniversary in uh, July. It, it's not even a question. But they, it, it, he just had to terminate one contract 
which means a release, a ver- uh, you know, it, it releases a release, whether they said it on there or not. And then he signed a new contract because, again, we've never known WWE to restructure anybody's contract. They've always gave extensions but they, or new contracts, but there's never been like a, yeah, there's some verbiage in this one that's really not going to work for us. Let's get back together and revisit this or anything. You never heard anybody like midway through their contract say, I took a pay cut. True. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. – we don't know the restructuring to be done, but like legally, we know a contract once it's ended is is either hasn't been um, hasn't been renewed, or you've been released, or you've been terminated. Either way, those are all endings of what was written for that duration. So, and maybe it's just easier for their accountant to keep up with things of that sort <laughs> instead of, instead of having lawyers present. And God knows how many of these wrestlers even have lawyers. They don't have a union, so how do you restructure a contract when you don't have representation there? Agreed. And I was just going to add to this point, too, because and, and it was even stated earlier when you're talking about performers and then background producers and things of that nature, that's two different different entities. And I think at this point in the game, Joe has been there, done all the championships. He's been a world champion, even though it hasn't all been through WWE. He's at the age where he knows his value, his worth, and he's been through everything. And the last thing he had to do on his bucket list was get to your top promotion that you want to get to. And you got to NXT and WWE. And like you said, Damien, when you think about those injury risks, yes, concussions can be there, but it's the ways that you can control physical action in the wrestling ring where you can be the person that's using the actions instead of receiving the actions. Mm-hmm. And if Joe can get that within his contract to know, hey, I can get a producer role and this is something that could be long term because I prove what I can do in a microphone. I prove what I can do in commentary. Now put me in a leadership and producer role to build up talent within NXT and let me run that with kind of like what maybe Triple H and Shawn Michaels were trying to do and maybe let loose now so you can grow other people so they can do more business in the in the CEO capacity. Let him do that because he's the best person for that. So when you think about all these releases that come through, he's the one that I knew off the top that he will probably be back very soon, but had to change from his performance contract to switch to a different contract, like you say, because you just can't renegotiate. You have to terminate that, then have a new contract, and now it can see what can go from there. And I think Joe's going to be the perfect representation for that. Now, it might happen again for some other people because you're changing the levels of performer contracts for other people. They do come back, but he's the perfect scope of just because somebody's released momentarily, that doesn't mean they can't come back. Yeah, he didn't even make, he didn't even make it to ninety days. Right, that we were like, you know, he, before the ninety days is even up, did he make it to thirty? He, he made it past thirty, but he didn't make it even to sixty. So there you go. Yeah. All, yeah. all I'm gonna say is this: for before we jump to our break and everything, we saw it this weekend at Takeover. They had that big five way cross retain the title, and that's a man who suddenly is very much desperately in need of a fresh opponent. And what they do in that opening segment, Damian called it, they made sure him and Joe had words. And a cross, you know, was put in his place. So give it time. I think it's simmering there. I think that was done very much on purpose. I don't know if it'll happen soon, but the ultimate destination here might be Joe and Cross. Yeah. Because that man that man needs an opponent. He needs a legit opponent of some sort. Because he's just he's champ, but a lot of people ain't buying what he's selling there right yeah. now. Good point. We'll, we'll we'll come back. We got more comments on this. Let's just jump to our commercial break real quick, and then uh, we'll wrap up this topic with uh, Jamal and his thoughts on this. Because I, I want to pitch him a, a really particular question as to uh, the where does NST and Samoa Joe go from here. So let's go to commercial break real quick, and then we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Relief Factor. 
pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. Now, if you're like me and you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you're going to need something you can feel comfortable taking almost every single day. Well, that's why doctors decided to invent 100% drug-free Relief Factor. Now, tens of thousands of customers are using Relief Factor daily to become mostly or completely pain-free. That's 100% drug-free Relief Factor, which features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to respond to pain and inflammation. Now, you can try Relief Factor too. The three-week quick start, retails for about $70, is now available to our listeners for only $19.95. Now head over to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. All right. Thank you, Damien, for that. So, uh, yeah, now that we're back from commercial, uh, here's the thing. Now, Jamal, we, we talked about this last week, and we talked about what our expectations of when we hear takeover and how we didn't feel like we, it had the same excitement as, you know, as it once had. And that's, you know, that's a conversation for last week. Obviously check out last week's episode. But my question to you is something that you've been kind of bringing up and it's about what NXT needs to really thrive going forward. You really been pushing this idea of Daniel Bryan going to NXT and a lot of people are just like, Oh, there's no way and blah, blah, blah. But and now that we're seeing and hearing Samoa Joe, who, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100, while Damian thinks he may be at risk of concussions, I think once you're clear, you got to kind of put that by the wayside because we were all tiptoeing around in fear for Daniel Bryant, Peyton Manning, Kobe Bryant, everybody who's had these really serious injuries who somehow went to have very, very long successful careers once they received the medicine. And medicine has gotten much better. But um, now that Joe is in NXT, what is your level of excitement to return to the viewership of it? And what's your take now on Daniel Bryan returning as he's been really the quiet one right now where we haven't heard anything about the direction of where he may be leaning towards? Of course, Impact feels like he's going to be a slammiversary, but, you know, they're, they're 0 for 1 right now. <laughs> <laughs> So the answer to the first question about Joe is I really don't care. I mean, yeah, sure, he showed up on, on NXT. Um, everybody's saying that he should go everywhere else. Honestly, and this is nothing about about Joe himself, he doesn't need to prove anything to me anymore. Like, I, I'm not saying that his career is over, but I am saying that he's not in that position anymore where... I need to see him where I have to see him. I, I really think that Joe has transcended into that Cena, Lesnar, Rio category where he only needs to work six matches a year. Okay. Special attraction. Special yeah. attractions. Yeah. And that's honestly what I was kind of hoping that he was doing, going to do on the Indies. Showed up on a GCW show in the middle of fucking Mars. Cool. Have him wrestle Joey Janela for 20 minutes. Have a wrestle AJ AJ Gray, you know, for, for forty. That's fine. I, I mean, I, I, it's like, what more does Joe need to do or prove in the ring? Uh, you know, for people on a weekly basis. Now, if you want to put him in that managerial role, well, that wasn't the move either because people were 
constantly saying, nah, Joe's about to go out there. He's still 29. He can do it. Like, well, okay, <laughs> no. Also, he's did it already. <laughs> there isn't anything that Joe hasn't done. There isn't anything more that I need to see from him. So the only, I think we're in that dream match category for Joe right now. Now, if you want to take into account his injuries, and honestly, I don't because A, I don't know the guy. I don't know what his doctors are saying. I don't know what his lawyers are saying. I don't know what debt he has because he might go out there and risk grievous injury because he's $3 million in the hole because he bought some of MJF's uh, cryptocurrency. I don't know. <laughs> his NFT. I don't know. I don't know oh, who he owns. So the long and short of it is, is that I really think that Joe, his career, though it is not over, and he is in the twilight of it. And unfortunately, uh, I think that he still, he is Emmett Smith right now, where he feels that Ooh. he needs to go out there and, and, and get 350 carries a year. No, uh, I, got, I got a better one. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I still yeah. say Emmett Smith because, uh, or, or, or um, what's what's the guy's name? Drew Bledsoe. Wow. Ooh. When he went to Buffalo? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. And wow. it's not that he doesn't have anything left in the tank. Joe Montana in Kansas City. It's not right. that he doesn't have anything mm-hmm. left in the tank. It's just that what we need, for what I need from Samoa Joe right now are dream matches. I need Joe versus uh, Jeff Cobb. I need Joe versus Wardlow. I need Joe versus um, uh, Minoru Fujita. I need Joe versus uh, Okada. I need Joe versus Rina Yamashita. Uh, I need Joe versus Andrade. Uh, you know, I, I, need, I need Joe. I need Joe versus Walter. In Joe Germany. versus the world. Okada. Joe versus yeah. the world. Joe versus the world, and that sells itself right there. Right. As yeah. like, bye bye. That's the tour. That's the That's tour. The tour. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. tour. So, I mean, so I wanted the Samoa Joe War Tour, and what we got was Samoa Joe in a suit and full sail, or or the wherever the hell in uh, Winter Park, and, and that's fine, but that's not that's not that's not it for me. Yeah, that doesn't give me the right every week, on, and he's uh, not so, even Marie. <laughs> so, real, real versus, fast. Oh, hold on, did you say Joe versus Eva Marie? He said no, not, not, not even Eva Marie. Not even Marie. I mean, I'd watch that too, but that's beside the point. Uh, Really fast. I don't, I don't think, I know Joe is the headline here, but I think this is a bigger indictment against the men's division of NXT. When automatically Samoa Joe coming as an enforcer makes the men's division that much more interesting when Mm. you had a fatal whatever way with a bunch of former champs, soon to be Mm. champs, on the cusp champs, and it goes back to that original Daniel Bryan, you know, talk we had a long time ago about bringing Daniel in because everybody keeps trying to get to that level in NXT. But what what about the men in NXT is making you say, I'm tuning in to watch that guy? Because right. I'll be honest, I watch NXT because the women's division is one of the deepest in all of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's why I watch it. So automatically, Samoa Joe being billed as the top dude to kind of butt heads with Cross, that's an indictment against NXT's yeah. men's division. And yeah, that's the absolutely. underlying story I want people to talk about a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, he immediately overshadowed everyone there. Everybody. Just by showing up. And I mean, a, it, it's, almost it the same it as, it's almost the same as when, um, uh, I, I can't even think of his name right now. I call him Prince Devitt. 
Um, <laughs> Finn, 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 Balor. Finn, Balor. Finn Balor, yeah. And I think that if we keep seeing this, every few months we see somebody return to NXT of this caliber, then it will ultimately re- regrow the authenticity of NXT. Yes. I am going to always be the one to say that ever since they started to label NXT as a third brand, and then all of a sudden people were like cutting their tongues off as if like that was never said. And then it just went back into this purgatory slash developmental brand. It's just like they have better, in some cases, better talent than Raw and SmackDown. And you're still not going to treat them as a third brand or we're going to act like we don't know this, that this brand exists. And I think when you see somebody like Samoa Joe goes down there, um, two things. One, you, you keep them away from competition. Samoa Joe probably seen a lot of money coming from all directions. So this probably was a really smart and lucrative thing for him. And also, too, again, it, it, it makes it must watch. And also, I just going to say that if he did went back to the Indies, um, I need him in New Japan. I need him uh, Ishii versus uh, Samoa Joe. I mean, like right Ooh, now, please, like, like tonight, three o'clock a.m. Please, like right now. <laughs> so, um, or Suzuki but, versus Samoa Joe. Let me sure. watch that for, yeah. for twenty minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I just think that um, them locking him in was a good move for them. Um, I, I definitely think it helps NXT. It definitely gives them storyline purpose. It gives them notoriety with a name such as that, keeps them away from competition. And then hopefully this opens the door for other people to say that I want to go there to work with some of the best in the world. And, right. you know, while they do have best in the world talent, I think sometimes people still just notice them as developmental NXT, and it's not. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think part, of, part of the problem is, is that you can't have it both ways. NXT has a very um, stagnant roster. Their roster really hasn't changed too much. We haven't really seen too many call-ups in, 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 you know, like the mass herd of people that will go up. Yeah. The roster has really been set in place, and that really wasn't what NXT was built on. NXT was the AAA ball club, and people would come around. They'd be there for a year, six months, yeah. between six months and the 18 months. And then after two years, you go, damn, Aaliyah, why are you still here? Um, <laughs> oh, oh God. Ten. poor Leah. <laughs> right. So, years. yeah. And Jesus Christ. So, I mean, she, either way, the point still remains is that NXT was that developmental brand where the point was, was to get in, get coached up and move on to the main roster and fail. Now it is, it is kind of a third brand. <laughs> right. And well, I mean, it is what it is, but it, now it is kind of a third brand in that these are the NXT guys, the undisputed era are there. Balor is there. Joe, to whatever degree, is there. Uh, Kill Cross is there. Uh, the women's division, they kind of plicked and plucked in a little bit from there, but they're kind of like locked in. And that is what it is. It, that is the roster now. And I think that unfortunately, the, the, the transition has been too subtle. And the transition from to a you know congealed, stagnant roster, which was the opposite of how we got there, has been too subtle, and now it feels stale. Now it's like, well, damn. I mean, Velveteen Dream's been sitting on the show for 18 months after his car crash, gangland shootout, you know, mission to uh, Afghanistan that he was in that nobody wants to talk about. What happened? We don't know. Is he on the roster? We can't tell you. Um, then there's a, a couple other things, and uh, unfortunately injuries happen and stuff like that, but it is kind of like, nope, this is the roster. So when did it change? And the spirit of NXT definitely changed when they moved to two hours, when they started to spite themselves, they cut off their nose to spite uh, AEW. Um, 
And that's unfortunate too. Now what NFC needs to do isn't Daniel Bryan anymore because they have their roster. They have their roster. What NFC needs to do is build their brand and then reestablish themselves as a third completely separate entity from the other okay. side of WWE. Yeah. They have the cruiserweights. They have a tag division. They have a mid-card title. They have a women's division and tag. They have all of the components that makes themselves a separate brand. Right. And the only reason why we're not calling them a separate brand is because of how they got started and where talent will end up. And I think it's a bit disingenuous to say that NXT is on the same path of come in, develop, leave. That's not what they do anymore. Yeah, they there's no one. Just, there's no one. Yeah, there's no one to develop. Everyone's already right. been established. If, if only thing you're you're helping elevate, you know, gimmicks or, or or giving them established places to to actively train. But everyone is is already pretty much at some point have some form of experience coming in here, which is sad for the folks who got performance center contracts that you're just like, eh, I don't think you can keep up with these top dogs, man. There's a, there's a large gap here now, you know? Well, you that's what be- they need. That's what they need to do. You can't say that this is the roster and we're, you're less likely to go to Raw and SmackDown and still paying the pennies on the dollar compared to what a Raw and SmackDown contract would look like. Now, granted, yeah. they tour a lot less, uh, they're not doing 300 shows a year, you know, and, and stuff like that. But uh, still, that, that's not that ain't it either. So if they if they want to be a, a, a separate brand in the same way that main event and all those other shows are separate, then let it be separate. If it's going to be developmental, then let them develop and move on. Yeah. So so I I, I definitely think we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out to kind of see where this kind of goes. Uh, for because yeah, there's still always going to be questions for me as far as the identity of this brand, regardless of talents or regardless of personnel changes. I we need to know what is NXT uh, going for, and I know people it's know- fluid. It's never going to stay what it used to be. It's going to stay fluid just to fit the times of the wrestling world or what's the hot thing now. Yeah, but again, I think it, it. You know, we have to look at the big five pay per views where if right. you are a third brand then your presence needs to be shown there. How does commentary treat people that move from brand to brand? Oh, this person. Wait, who is this person? Like like Piper Niven? <laughs> Who's that? We've never seen her before. Okay. So, so you know, those are the things I'm kind of keeping an eye on. So. But J- Jamal, let's, let's go to our next topic tonight. And it's something you brought up. So I kind of want you to kind of lay the foundation uh, uh, with this next one. Yep. So uh, Charlotte Flair, she did an interview with Bleacher Report. And basically she talks about Andrade and and to paraphrase, she kind of just says that how happy she is for him, how scared she would be if it were her uh, and how she's WWE homegrown. And uh, she's came out of the performance center, cut her teeth in WWE. And that's all she knows and loves. But he this is just a stepping stone. So it's a totally different concept uh, of wrestling between the two. And that she doesn't even know, like, the world that he's walking in for him to be able to go and to actively look look at Japan, actively look at Mexico, actively look at uh, other places in the U.S. where she's like, see you in Cleveland. So, you know, she's you know good for uh, him and in, in able to leave what she perceives as the promised land to be better and evolve past that. And that was, to paraphrase, a concept that she didn't think was possible. Um, speaking of evolution, 
Speaking of evolution, she talks about uh, the pay-per-view and she says, and I quote, I think another evolution is more of a win, not an if. Uh, but I get asked this question a lot. Would an all-women show be great? Yes. Would another all-women's pay-per-view be great? Yes. But I'm in the mindset that I want to be on the card with men. I want to be on the card where there's eight matches and I want to be the best of the night, no matter the gender. I don't need an all-women's show or an all-women's pay-per-view to highlight my performance or skill as to, of being a lady wrestler. No. Uh, no, yeah, I don't, yeah. So I want to prove no matter man or woman that I'm the best. I think it's great, but I don't need an all-women show to show that I'm a great wrestler. The question now becomes, cool, let's assume that she, it's Monday Night Raw, or wherever the hell she is, I think she's on Raw, but let's assume yeah. that Charlotte comes out and cuts this promo that she is the best in the world, QC and Punk Chance, 15 minutes later. <laughs> Who comes out of the gorilla position? Whose music hits to challenge Charlotte in her first intergender match that I'm aware of in WWE? Now, before you answer, I have a thought, and I think that the first guy, uh, you know, to actively challenge Charlotte to prove that she's the best. Here we go, folks. Oh. Daniel Bryan. Oh, that's who I was gonna say. We're on the same wavelength. That's exactly who I was gonna say. Let's hear your reasoning that will get to mine. Because I think that Daniel has the size. No, he's not champion. But realistically, if he comes back, even if it's a one-off, that would set Daniel Bryan up in this free agency period of his career to do a a 10-gig handshake deal or, hey, we'll stay three months for this promo or whatever. But their pay-per-view is tomorrow, uh, Sunday, rather. Hell in a Cell, I guess. Mm -hmm. But if they built this towards SummerSlam, if Daniel Bryan came out and if Charlotte cuts this promo on Hell in the Cell, assuming that she's not actively in the pay-per-view, and Daniel comes out at the pay-per-view and says, get ready, kid, see you at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and walks off, not only does the internet lose its shit, okay, fine, <laughs> but I think the match could work because physically, she does have size on him. Realistically, he wrestles circles around her. He's not Samoa Joe, where there's this perception of day of Charlotte getting mauled, mm-hmm. uh, or, or or Braun Strowman, or you know another just massive guy, you know. Yes. So, but she, but because she's laying down the gauntlet, the, the onus is on her to prove herself. No guy backstage said, "I want to beat up women." She's saying, "I am the best," and we're mm-hmm. all wrestlers. So I don't care who steps out. And Daniel Bryan says, "Well, you know what I do." What you got? I think that technically it makes for a more fundamental wrestling match. And if and Daniel Bryan, A, can can keep up, well, not keep up with her. That'd be the other way around. But Daniel Bryan can make her look good as a technical wrestler. Yeah, okay. and, and, and whoever wins, wins. But I think yeah. that they can definitely pair well together. Yes. I, I, we are on very much on the same wavelength. To expand on that, my immediate thinking was – you have her come out and drop the idea about I am the best wrestler or I want to prove I'm the best wrestler in the world. You hit Daniel Bryan's music and you have him come out and just simply be like, you know, a lot of people say I'm the best wrestler in the world. So if this is what you want to prove, let's put the measuring stick up against it and let's see. And you, and you promote it just like you said. 
this isn't a fight. This isn't, you know, he's going to beat the crap out of her. You present it as they are going to have a wrestling match. They're going to have more of a, more of a sporting contest or a grappling contest. There isn't bad intentions behind it. And Brian, I think, is can portray it in a way where, you know, it's more of like a noble thing where it's like, okay, look. I'm down with doing this. It's more like we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the gym and roll around, as opposed to I'm gonna come out here and kick your ass. And mm. I think it, that would be the key differentiator. I think you would need to kind of bring the mainstream WWE audience along with the idea of okay, we're gonna do intergender here. But like you said, it's not a giant guy against a tiny little girl. Yeah. They're comparable in size. They present it as like a grappling contest, and it. That you can dip your toe into this, well, and I think it'd work perfect. I think it'd be the perfect. I, I think. Step. I think what you do is you don't even mention gender. You well, just well, mentioned well, the best. I, no, I was going to yeah. say like we quietly had an intergender match recently, by the way. And um, what's his name? Uh, the the right. um, Somalier oh, guy. Okay, okay, Reginald, okay. First of all, Reginald. 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 Well, what what we're not going to do. What we're not going to do is base uh, you know, the the legacy of intergender wrestling on uh, was it Reginald versus. Um, <laughs> Santa Baszler. Uh, uh, Baszler. Or what was it, Santino versus Becky Lynch? Or yeah, some but, Stop. But, but, Stop. but at the same time, they didn't introduce it as anything, but Reginald versus Nia Jackson, Reg- I mean, yeah, uh, Santa Baszler. Sasha yeah, too. And, yeah. and, and, and it's just that. So, like, when you think about making the steps forward to doing this, you, you don't marginalize it as a special feature intergender match or the cruiserweight match with the purple rope. Just let it happen. And I there was no backlash to it at all. To the point that you almost don't even know it exists because no one, they they know what happened, but it just went by the wayside. So I think that when you do it, you do it because just Because there's like no legitimacy to the male. Well, I don't know about and that. They, and yeah. they don't let him get any offense. That's uh, the key. I, the way they're not, doing it. I, I didn't see the match. I didn't see the match. He but got, Reginald he, the Sommelier, it doesn't strike fear in the hearts of women and children everywhere. Yeah, again, but it doesn't matter though. It happened. You, we're talking about them being completely against this, completely against anybody physically ever touching anybody. And he got offense, is what no, I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. See, that's the thing. Like, we, we know that the, the intergender matches have happened in WWE before. We're not saying that this isn't a precedent. But we're, what I'm saying is, is that this is the first time it would have been taken seriously, I where the guy doesn't look like a goof. I and got that you. the woman, you know, actually wants to get her shit pushed in. No, I got you. And we all know Sasha has been another one to to, to be frequent about I wanting to do this. But like the thing is, as much as they want it, as much as they've been doing this, as much as a lot of these people that's been, you know, built their career off of doing this on the indies, WWE did not want to touch this. And when we brought this up like a while ago, the first thing everybody was saying was, oh, no, the, the Fox executives would never let this happen. They would never let this be on their right, television. It's a corporate because, and sponsorship right. thing. Yet, right. yet, it has happened quietly and no one made a fuss. The moment you do something controversial as this, regard, wrestling is wrestling. We all get that. Again, take your mind from the, the, the knowledge that you have about this and how we understand wrestling is wrestling. But the fact that a woman faced a man, he got offense and he, he got mm-hmm. spots. It was a match. It wasn't a squash match like they did the first time. He got right. off this. They're saying that it, it it went over in the sense of like, oh, they did I, this and, and no one's I, complaining. I, I do think that there that there's something that is needs to be stretched up and, and, and we're not mentioning the fact that we are, if it was Shayna Baszler versus, wrestler, versus Reginald, we're not talking about the most stereotypical male and we're not talking about the most stereotypical female. 
Fine. I'm not saying that any of that should matter. I don't yeah. really give a shit. Right. If, you know, as far as I'm concerned, wrestlers are wrestlers, Same. regardless of gender, and that everybody has a, uh, an equal opportune time to get their shit pushed in. With that right. said, the perception isn't going to be the same if you have Reginald and his loafers versus Shayna Baszler versus uh, juxtaposed no, with uh, an but, actual seriously taken wrestling match between Charlotte and Daniel Bryan. But see, I get that. I understand that this is a absolutely a, on a di- different atmosphere in regards to wrestling. I'm saying right. that the perception of this happening happened and no one fussed. So the idea of this Because the perception that, of the match is different. I don't think like people the, care. I don't think I, people I, no, care. No, this is the thing. Like, you can't, like, if you were to say that, like, well, uh, the big three isn't basketball, tell the guys that are busting their ass in the court that it's not real. It is. It just mm. isn't the NBA. And I think that the same thing is happening with Reginald versus Shayna Baszler. This isn't the, this isn't like, I don't want to say it's not competitive because yes, it is. They work the match. Okay. But so, it so- isn't competitive in the sense of the best versus the best. We have a goofy gimmick versus an atypical female. The, the, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same way from there. Then, and in other words, there's no point in even talking about this because it will never happen. You're basically saying the more legitimate you are as a wrestler, the less likely they'll ever let you do this. Because of, because the more people would take it seriously. I, I, I think it will bring more attention, but I think the idea of wrestling just being wrestling is is, is already been laid down that it well, doesn't matter who not. you are. No, but that's the thing. It's not. Because if Alexa Bliss said the same thing that Charlotte said, well, we can't have that because Alexa Bliss is being presented as cute and girly. And cute and girly can't get punched in the face. So so basically, when Alessa Bliss it's, it's called a hideous, out, It's a hideous when, double standard, but... When when she came out to face Randy Orton, you're basically saying that everybody was clenching to the edge of their seat like, there's no way he can touch her, right? Well, she's possessed now, so it's okay. And speaking of Randy Orton, I actually will pick Randy Orton as my person <laughs> that would be perfect against Charlotte. Now, hear, hear me out. Hear me out on this. Let's hear it. I, I, hear it. Hear I thought it was a good, this, good idea. So hear me out on this. If you think about wrestlers that can sell a story and take yes. bumps against Charlotte and make it look logistic and real and see what they can do and bring those two together and let Charlotte go over and it won't diminish either one. It would just only propel her. He is the perfect one. I mean, when you think about Ray, uh, Randy and, and how he can sell, how he can maneuver, how he can move, he's somebody that can go perfectly balanced with Charlotte and it looks like a fluid match regardless of what gender it is. Can, and can I, I throw- can I go throw a name out there that say that's exactly the same thing, and I want you to finish? Seth okay, Rollins. Ahead. Seth Rollins. So Seth, Seth Rollins could go, but I think even in a bigger component, speaking of what Jamal said earlier about evolution, you could bring so many family storylines, like historical storylines with Randy Orton, bringing in Ric Flair, maybe Triple H as sure. some type of figure that you could bring in. That could be such an epic story. Like, that could be a WrestleMania-type match. If you build that storyline up the right way, where Randy will make sure it looks like a legit uh, match and Charlotte can still do all her moves, her figure eights, everything of that nature. And Randy will sell it and he will make both parties look good. I think he could be that perfect balance of that. Jim Cornette, by all means, is looking for your your melanin dress right now. So he can can, and and put me on the next uh, uh, Dark Side of Wrestling, too. So, you know, gotcha. Well, Randy's already given an RKO to Nia Jax at the Rumble. So he's already put his hands on a woman. And no one said anything when that happened. It kind of was like, ooh, in the because moment. Because it's but, Nia Jax. And, and okay, his wife, well, but his well, wife well, Baron, Cor- so. Baron Corbin hit what? The, the, 
and the days on Becky Lynch. Right. On a, yep. Was she pregnant at that time? Did we know she was pregnant? So I was like, oh, my God, he did that to, to Becky Lynch. And nobody cared two days later. So you know what? To that point of either Orton, Daniel Bryan, or whomever, working with Charlotte or what have you, even if it's it Sasha or Bailey or whomever down the road, do it. It works. Just do it. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm, I, I, you know, we, we, we've been kind of wanting to see this in WWE for a long time. That mismatch challenge, we kind of had an idea like, oh my God. And then they were like, no, 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 <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> no. And, and, and they made it very clear that when, when the opposite sex are in the ring, the other person got to jump the hell out. Now it's not out. even a chance mm-hmm. of it. So, you know, I, and, I, and I, Jamal, by all means, I get your point, but I, I, I guess I'm looking at it from a, a, a networking standpoint or a media standpoint that like anytime you're doing something this sort, you know, there's this, you know, idea of what cancel culture is out there that exists that's looking to find reasons to be mad about anything at any given time. And the fact that there's a guy that was on wrestling and he beat up a woman is like... Again, there's a difference between beat up and happen? competitive match. There's yeah. a difference between... Yeah, I know, we, we, but I'm saying we we know yeah, these things. But I, that's, I'm like, that's why, unfortunately, in this country, the, 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 the framing needs to be perfect. That that's what it is. The framing needs to be perfect. We're not talking about cute Alessa Bliss being mauled by like fucking Dominic Garini. You know, we're not we're not talking about <laughs> you know, this isn't Nick Gage versus uh Becky Lynch. Or anybody this isn't, you know, yeah, this isn't Masahiro Tanaka versus uh, Eva Marie. You know, th- th- we're not I talking to about see that though. God damn it. <laughs> I'll even say this too, just bring on a network perspective too. Nobody cringes when, and I know it's not the same, it's not a direct comparison, but nobody cringes when you see a movie and somebody like Jennifer Gardner is getting right. beat up and shot up in movies by men right. when she's trying to be a female domination or trying to save the world. Or even Angela Bassett on 911 when she's getting beat up and almost oh, killed yeah, on I remember her that show. Scene. And it was yeah. a tough scene to yeah, watch. It was. it was a tough scene to watch, but still, you know, it felt very cinematic where, where she still overcame on top, but that was tough to watch. Um, so it, it's still ways you can get around that through wrestling where I think it's going to be okay. It built the right story with. Yeah. But yep. I, and, and again, the only issue is that there's, there's a lot of people who peep in the door, like, Oh my God, that's wrestling. But I actually don't walk in there and sit down for class and understand yeah. that this is wrestling. This is not nobody sitting back to get physically abused and all of these other, whatever stupid tab, tab lines are being thrown at it. Like this is, this is, orchestrated in the sense of way and people understand what they're doing and and people practice and 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 all these other things like everyone wants to be safe with everybody so like it can happen it should happen and all the bs around it as to why people think it's it's wrong Mm -hmm. needs to not be at the table talking so i I, i'll say this last thing jamal i want you to get to the news is that um i think that charlotte saying this is monumental because Number one, she holds a lot of weight for the company. Number two, she 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 also helps the company in the standpoint to why you're not doing another evolution. And number three, this conversation could take things to the next step into introducing a huge element in the world of professional wrestling. That's intergender wrestling. And and by the way, once we get to this point, we can just drop the word intergender wrestling and say that wrestling is everywhere. Period. There you go. There you go. There you go. Battle versus Charlotte. Book it. So, Man- Mansoor versus Charlotte. No, oh. book it, book it, <laughs> book it, 
Book it, Book it. for the for the Saudi WrestleMania WrestleMania number two. Well, hey, I mean the the, cha- the championship is vacant, so uh, Braun had to vacate it when he left. Could could you could, like real talk? Could oh you're right too. Could you yeah. imagine if they, if they did Mansoor versus Charlotte in Saudi Arabia? How oh, how how international the world incident. <laughs> Mansoor better go over yeah. over huge. And 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 Charlotte going to need a a, a detail a, a escort detail. Escort. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but playing like, with fire. It, it would be like the first woman to wrestle for a championship in Saudi Arabia in front of a crowd versus their hometown hero Mansoor. Book it. I would I would I would wait, I would get up early for that. Um, book it. Yeah, book it. Let's go to All right, so. Uh, the first thing that we have uh, with the news is that tickets for SummerSlam go on sale tomorrow uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time, local time to Las Vegas. However, if you have the pre-sale code dot com, D-O-T-C-O-M, you can try and snag some tickets uh, now. Uh, the lowest tickets that I'm seeing are $35. Um, up there in the upper, 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 upper uh, section. Um, you want some floor seats? They're going to cost you somewhere around five hundred to seven hundred dollars. Uh, um, floor seats? You mean five thousand to seven thousand dollars? Okay, because I was going to say five hundred. I might have to get yeah, one yeah. Of those. Floor, floor, floor. <laughs> five thousand to seven thousand dollars. I got my tickets, so I've seen. And by the way, Vegas if anybody's prices. looking, if anybody's looking for tickets, the sweet spot is one sixteen. If you can get in that row. That is your absolute sweet spot for tickets because below 116 is 250 and above 116 and, and then 116 it goes from 250 to 100 I think right at the at the 16th row mark. Hmm. So, yeah, with I'm sorry, said, I'm sorry, not 116, 16, 16 row. 16 row. 16th row. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'm seeing tickets on the floor for $500. I'm seeing tickets on the on the floor for, you know, in the $700 range uh, fees to be included. Obviously, they will go up to five grand if you need to see if you need to sit uh, ringside. Anything over a thousand dollars. Oh, ringside and floor. Got you. Got you. Yeah, I know. I know what the hell I'm looking at. I'm literally looking at it right now. So the um, uh, if you need to see it sit ringside like there is one ticket that's available. Um Section uh, nine on the floor, row A. That is literally ringside. It is fifty-one fifty, and that is not Bully Ray. So <laughs> pulling those casino favors because you know the casino is going to be buying up tons of those tickets to just give away. Yeah, but if you are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rows back, it is five hundred dollars. That's section uh, nineteen, row H. Mm. It's five hundred dollars. There are decent seats to be had. And what's interesting is that they're um, not using the entirety of the building. So they're only using maybe 60 percent of the building or so. Uh, so, you know, social distance is, uh, is out the window. But there is one really good seat right there on the ramp. That's seven hundred and twenty dollars. Just saying the ramp is wicked long, but um, <laughs> you may be able to sneak in and get some and get some decent tickets uh, or honestly, Sit up there with the pigeons for thirty five dollars. You really can't go wrong. So uh, tickets are available for the pre sale right now for SummerSlam uh, out there in Vegas. Uh, I saw an interesting, a very interesting article on this website called Below the Line, and it's like an art direction type of uh, website. 
Uh, they profiled Jason Robinson. Now, you may not know his name, but he is the head of, um, of technical direction for WWE uh, for the Labyrinths. He is the guy that puts together the sets and stuff like that. Now, we talked about SummerSlam and their odd configuration, at least per the ticket uh, uh, layout, but he's the guy that basically drew the ship for the uh, WrestleMania shenanigans, crafted the Thunderdome. So really interesting article um, that profiled Jason Robinson and what he's been doing. Uh, one thing that is interesting uh, from the article is that WWE has considered, has sent recommendations to the Emmys for their consideration, including WrestleMania as an event and the Thunderdome as an event. So uh, just because they sent it doesn't mean that they're any closer to winning, but for your consideration, the, Thunder, the Thunderdome is a hell of a tactical achievement. So, uh, you know, good on them for doing that. And, and making it through the pandemic. But yeah, a, a guy they never heard of before. Interesting read on how they physically create the in arena experience into what you see. And his reaction when somebody goes crashing into the LED boards in the 30th row, because he built all of that and is responsible for making the it work for the next show. Um, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He has made his own cryptocurrency. Uh, now, he's made it through a thing called Rally.io, where people can um, incorporate themselves in cryptocurrency, I guess. Uh, right now, he on that website, he is, and I just refreshed it, ranked 20th. His, ooh, it went down. Um, I saw it as low as five bucks. It was up to about $9 about a, a half an hour ago. Now it's about eight bucks. So invest in MJF, <laughs> I guess. Um, the, the biggest uh, thing on their site is something called PTM coin. I have no idea what it is, uh, but it's worth 58 bucks. So, yay, crypto is a thing for people that have too much money, I guess. Um, we didn't talk about the AW game. I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, but one thing I do want to talk about is uh, Matt Cardona, because he made me think of the game. He did an interview with Xbox, who has a podcast, and basically Xbox said, well, what happened with AEW? And the short answer is, and I'm paraphrasing, well, they didn't really have anything for me, so I didn't want to wait until they did. I left. Kind of what we figured. You know, he was on a short-term deal. If they had something, he would stay. If they didn't, he moved on. And indeed, he did move on. So, you know, good on him for keeping the movement. And I hope he fucks up Nick Gage. <laughs> that's what happened soon. Not a thing that I think I would care about, but here we are. So, one of the interesting things uh, that happened was AEW. They are coming to New York City, finally. It's not the Garden. It's not Barclays. It's not the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's not UBS Arena. It's not the uh, Nassau Coliseum. It's not any of the ballparks. It's the tennis stadium. <laughs> AEW is coming to Flushing for at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and that is a bigger deal. Even if you've never been to New York, that is a bigger deal that you can realize because, to my knowledge, only three events that have, that are not tennis have been there. The stadium is owned by the Park Service of New York City, and they approve the events that are non-tennis related. There's been a kids concert, uh, whoever it was, but like Kids Bop or some you know shit like that. But it is there was a kids concert. And um, and there was another non-tennis event. 
uh, that was there, and I forget which one that was, but this will be the third ever non-tennis event at Arthur Ashe, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, it holds about 20, 23,000-ish for tennis, um, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit less for wrestling because, you know, of, of dressing and stuff like that. Um, so my guess is, based on absolutely nothing, they could easily fit 18,000 in there, which would be a bigger arena um, that they've been using before, but obviously they're in New York. So uh, I guess a, a quick question to you guys. They really thought out of the box, outside of the box. They're going to be in Newark at the Prudential Center um, the night, the week before, and then they're just going to cross the river through the tunnel, through two tunnels, forget mm-hmm. about the Queens Midtown, uh, into, into Queens, and then go to the tennis stadium. What other venues would you like to see that are kind of outside of the box uh, for AEW? Personally, uh, I know they, they were at Daly's place. Uh, that was that was cool. Um, personally, I would like to see them at uh, Millennium Pavilion in Chicago. It is on the lawn in uh, Chicago, right downtown in Grant Park. Um, that would be, it's a great stage that overlooks all of everything uh, downtown. Just a really, a hell of a venue, a place that you never would think a wrestling show would be there. Um, or on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, uh, like GCW does. That's oh. another crazy venue that you never would think that would be a place that a wrestling show would have. Back have like it at WCW doing Back to like WCW doing Beach Blast on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Comic-Con in San Diego would be bananas. Uh, I go for that for sure. Yeah, because that's that, it's crazy enough to start off with just a con. Just imagine if there was actually a wrestling pay per view there. That would be amazing. Yeah. And they've done it before with C two E two and uh, the pay per view in Chicago. So they definitely have experience with it. Um, the Cotton Bowl um, in Dallas would mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. interesting, um, just because of where it is inside of the State Fair of Texas with that big ass Ferris wheel. I will say this. It's in a rougher part of town than people realize, so I don't see how many people would be willing to travel for a nighttime show to Fair Park in Dallas. Just but this is but but but, I, but my counter to that is Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Full gear. Full comparable. gear in the hood. Comparable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, comparable. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I, on, the, on the streets of Baltimore at 1 a.m., that is not the move, bro. Nope. <laughs> that is not the move. <laughs> Neither is Atlantic City, but again, they're thinking outside of the box. Um, and, and lastly, on this, uh, Red Rocks in Colorado would be huh. goddamn interesting. Mm. Damned interesting. I, uh, I could see that. Yeah, that be that. That would be crazy. So uh, September twenty second is the show. It's a Wednesday for Dynamite, uh, and tickets go on sale uh, July sixteenth. Uh, you know, for, um, so yeah, the tickets go on sale in about a month. Uh, tickets start at $25, which is a good look, but it will be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see all of the heathen slobs on the, on, on the um, I'm not taking the seven, on, on Long Island Railroad out to Flushing for an AEW game. Uh, the only good thing is that the Mets aren't in town because if they were, oh, that would be a shit show. I, I don't think I would go if that were the case. Um, the very last thing is oh, the oh, AEW. But- I was gonna say, yeah. by the way, I just thought I just thought about a place, but Audi, Audi Stadium here in DC, get Audi it done. Field. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. get it done. If they want to do an outdoor show, mm-hmm. but didn't want to do yeah the football stadium, I mean that'd be yeah size wise, I'd love to see it. 
Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Red Bull Stadium out there in Harrison uh, would be cool. Um, uh, the uh, Toyota Park in um, in Houston, uh, you know, that'd be all, all good times, all good times. With that yeah. said, uh, last thing, of course, the AEW video game. There was a very sneaky peek that happened in AEW Two Point Show that's on their AEW Games YouTube channel, and they showed some uh, pre-rendered stuff. Uh, we got to look at the uh, Darby Allen, his character model. Him doing a couple moves. Um, it looked modern. I wasn't. Ex- I was kind of expecting no mercy and high definition, which Fire Pro Wrestling is basically like the WrestleMania Super Nintendo games in high definition. Uh, it, it wasn't that. It was a lot more modern, but not nearly as goofy as the original model was with uh, Sheeta and Jericho having basically the same chest size. Um, right. <laughs> Yeah, and like the really big hands. Like it looked like WWE All Stars for the Xbox, the original uh, model that we saw. And now this one looks a lot more uh, natural looking, not nearly as polished as 2K. But also, I didn't see any bugs. So until like right. their face turns inside out, uh, like like 2K <laughs> does, or the referee counts to six and you still lose. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I'm waiting for those things to happen, but I do think with what they're looking at, considering that we've only seen one, uh, three in-game character models, uh, Kenny, Sheeta, Jericho, and Darby now. Um, I think they're a long ways away from uh, from anywhere near completion or a, a beta yeah. or anything like that. They're in pre-pre-pre-alpha stage right now, yeah. still getting stuff uh, together. So don't I, wouldn't, I would not expect that game this year, which is fine. I'm willing to wait, but also Cyberpunk was a thing. Yeah, Cyberpunk was a thing, so (laughs) I I just hope that we don't have that bit of business happen. Yeah, Especially Uh, being it's their first game, it's way more important, I think, to get it right and get it out polished than to to release a dud, like you said, a Cyberpunk-style thing where it's like, well, we got to get this out the door, and then they just get stuck with that. The one thing that jumped out at me that just stood out is it looks so much like all the modern wrestling games we've seen it's mm-hmm. just so similar looking and i i was waiting for something different and oh. it didn't look different to me it just looks i kinda, thought you know, that i saw something different because uh darby not only hit a coffin drop but he springboard backwards off the second rope to the outside of the ring okay. that looked pretty effortless in the in the movement uh whereas whereas in wwe uh, 2K, he would have glitched through the ceiling and, right. and done the coffee drop <laughs> off the uh, off the scoreboard. So yeah, I thought for him to be able to use that move as like a move set for that particular space in the ring apron looked uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, put it put mm-hmm. a demo out and have that same that same reflection. Now, none of, I don't trust none of these wrestling games. All trash at, at this point. No, all of them. Well, 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 I mean, at, at this point, I still think that we're a year away. So. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't least. say. Yeah, I can't. I can't make tale of it. But I thought it was interesting to hit a move in a position that I haven't seen done well in WWE in a while. Mm. Um, finishing moves from the apron, haven't seen that done in a while in a wrestling game. Um, so this weekend's uh, SmackDown, of course, is tomorrow. AIW out of Cleveland has a show. WXW uh, is going to be on the air uh, starting tomorrow. Um, Ring of Honor uh, is new this weekend. New Japan Strong number forty-five is happening. Uh, you have. ICW out there in Wisconsin, uh, not Scottish one, 2CW. They're, they're back, and they're in the Syracuse uh, this time. They're up in the Buffalo 
uh, Syracuse area. Um, Black Wrestlers Matter, uh, big event out there in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, Willow Nightingale is going to be on the card. I'm very excited about that. Um, H2O Wrestling in South Jersey is happening. Uh, Progress uh, is going to be on the network this weekend. That's happening. And, of course, Hell in a Cell, which I thought was always in October, but apparently it's Sunday. Uh, so that's a thing that's going to happen, and that's all the news for this week. Then that means that's all we got for tonight. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, that would do it for tonight's show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in live with us, which you can catch us live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch all your, uh, all of our latest news and updates at BigOldBelt.com. And catch our podcast dropping the immediate following day, Fridays, um, on all audio platforms. So that'll do it tonight for the team. Thank you, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, Mansour Monday is coming each and every Monday. Stop it. Evolution is in full-blown effect. Damien is <laughs> oh, a hater. And, I quit. <laughs> and now we have a new vacancy open. So thank you for watching, <laughs> folks. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Well, I really-